We'll start with a question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now that question comes right out of the Bible, actually. I didn't make that one up. I wanna begin reading in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse one. And the book of Acts uh, records the history of the church. And in Acts 19, the brand new church has now gone a couple of decades from its beginning and Paul is asking believers about the Holy Spirit. And so it reads this way. Paul arrived at Ephesus and there he found some disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I believe this is true today because there's, there's a lot of people, a lot of us, on our way to heaven, you know God, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you're, like many people, you probably have been misinformed on some level about who the, the Holy Spirit really is. Now, I grew up in church my whole life, and I grew up in one of those Pentecostal churches my whole life, and uh, don't hold that against me, right? We're all seeking the Lord, and we all have a background or no background. So, so here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to commit to being here the next three weekends as we bring understanding and explain who the Holy Spirit is and how he is supposed to be important and, and the importance he has to your life while you're here on earth. The Holy Spirit has a very distinct and very important role to play in your life. And I'm asking you to lay aside any and all preconceived uh, ideas or notions you may have and even any experiences that you may have. I've had to relearn some things in my life and sometimes things are man-made, but there's a lot of things that are God-made and that are in scripture about the Holy Spirit. And so I just want us to start fresh. Is that all right, everybody? Can we just lay all that aside? If, if, if the Holy Spirit is real and if it's for me and God says he wants me to have it, I want it. How's that? Let's, can we take that position here this morning? So. So here's, here, here's where we need to start. We need to know that God defined himself in three roles. God defines himself as the Father. God defines himself as Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he defines himself as the Holy Spirit who was sent to give us power and guidance. However, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, many fail to understand the relationship and the role that God intends for him to have in our life. And so I wanna in, introduce the Holy Spirit to you, and the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to understand the nature of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we understand his nature by understanding the two words that are used in the Old and the New Testament that the Bible uses to describe who he is. Pastor Nate talked about one of these words last week. And these two words get translated into the words we read in scripture as the words spirit and the word ghost. 
when, when the writers used words for us in the English language to understand, spirit or ghost are the words that are used. And the reason is because the English translators had a dilemma. And the dilemma was there's really no good single English word that translates well into what the original Hebrew and Greek were saying. So they put these two words in, into translation, but the problem is they don't serve us well in fully understanding who and what the Holy Spirit is. So for context, the word spirit and ghost are written over 800 times in the Bible. Now the Bible was written, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. So here's the two words. They had to take the two languages and find words to use. The Hebrew word is the word ruach, which Pastor Nate referred to last week. The word ruach literally means a wind or a breath. It's, it's, a, it's a strong exhale, like, that, that's what that literally means, ruach. And it's meant to define God, the Holy Spirit. You, you can see why the English translators had a difficult time knowing which word to use, right? It's like, what are we gonna put there? I mean, what word can we use? We call him Father, Son, and Holy Holy breath. I mean, the very second verse of the Bible says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God, the, you know, you, you've seen movie producers, you, the, the sound effects, where'd they get that from? It comes from this expression. And in this second verse of the Bible, it was the breath of God or the wind of God that was hovering over the waters. Now in the New Testament, uh, the Greek word for spirit or ghost is translated into the word pneuma. Now, if you're a tool guy or you know anything about air tools, uh, the word pneuma means a current of air or a blast of breath. It's a, it means a strong breeze. That's where we get pneumatic tools, driven by air, driven by wind. And that's the Greek word for God's Holy Spirit. It's pneuma. It's the same thing, but a little different. It's a current of wind. So again, the translators had difficulty as to what word to use. Uh, we can't call God air, and we can't name God breath, so they just came up with the words spirit or ghost. All right? Now, John 6 is one of the many places where Pneuma, the Greek expression is used, and it's verse 63, and it says, Jesus is talking. He says, the words I have spoken to you, they are pneuma, they are, they are breath, and they are, they are life to you. What he's saying here is the words on the pages of the Bible aren't just normal words. They are the breath of God. They are alive. So when you read the Bible, that you gotta understand it is the rhema is what one expression is. It, it is God's word alive. He, it's written on pages, but it's just as if God is saying it now, in the present moment, the words of God, the words of this book right here, they are breath, they are spirit, they are alive, and they give, they give your spirit, they give your life, life. And that's what I want you to experience today. I want every one of us to realize that the word of God, the spirit of God, it is the life of God. 
I don't want your Christian life to be stale or to be ceremonial in experience. I want you to experience the life and the breath of God working in your life and making you alive. So for reference, I want us to take a look at wind. Wind in the natural and see how it relates to the Holy Spirit, okay? And I think it'll help us all understand and make you more comfortable because it gets kind of quiet when you start talking about the Holy Spirit. People go like, what, is he, what are we gonna do? Am I gonna have to raise my hands as we slide our hands under our feet? Under our feet. <laughs> under our legs. You know, what, what, is, what is he gonna do today? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. What's he gonna do? I just want you to be comfortable. And I want you to lean in and learn about who the Holy Spirit is. So uh, what I'm trying to do is just make the Holy Spirit something and someone you're not afraid of because you desperately need the Holy Spirit in your life. And he wants to help you. And he doesn't want us confused about who he is and what his purpose is in our life. Can I get a yes from somebody? All right? So here's a couple thoughts about wind, and we'll, we'll parallel it. Okay, first of all, the, the characteristic of wind I'll use is, is wind is unseen. Well, we all know that, of course. Uh, most of this week, this past week, was absolutely beautiful, right? We had a little trouble Saturday, but it was, it was beautiful most of the week, right? You walk outside, and you feel the cool wind as it blows across your face, and you say, man, that just feels good, right? I just sit out on the back porch, drink a cup of coffee, and nobody's freaked out about that. It just feels good. But, but you come to church, and you say, say the same thing inside the church. You go, ooh, that felt good. Somebody said, felt, felt, you feel something? I didn't feel nothing. What'd you feel? I didn't feel nothing. You felt something? And it gets spooky. I understand that we can't go always by our feelings. We can't go by our feelings. Feelings will deceive you. Feelings will lead you astray. Feelings will take you down a path you don't want to go on. But I believe God's presence is meant to be felt. His presence is meant to be experienced. Like, I know God is here. How do you know? Because I just sense his presence. My prayer every weekend for every one of us is that you wouldn't be impressed by Skybreak Church or you wouldn't be impressed by the songs we sing or the fabulous sermons you hear every single Sunday. Oh, stop it, right? No. <laughs> no, my prayer is that you would walk in here and when you come in here, it's like, whoa, I'm something, there's something real going on in here. I mean, I'm looking around, I don't see nothing but a bunch of people, but I, man, I, there's an experience. The presence of the Holy Spirit is in this place, and I pray that at some point, whether it's in the worship or a prayer or the sermon or the altar call, that you, you're like, oh, wow, God is here. And I would tell you that a lot of that is, de is determined by where your mindset is when you walk in the room. Because if you're not open to the Holy Spirit, he, you could just ignore that that's the presence of God and something be happening and you not know it. Your mind's on something else. You're thinking about something else. You got a decision to make. You had a 
tiff or an all-out fight on the way to church with your family and you walk in here and you're not even close, like, man, I ain't even close to God. I'm just saying, amen, because I'm ready to get out of here. I mean, you understand, all of that affects whether the God can speak to you and how, how you sense the wind of the Holy Spirit, okay? Let's look at Jesus' words in John 14. Now, to give this context, the conversation is being held at the Last Supper, just before Jesus was to be crucified, and he's talking to his disciples, and most of their conversation is about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus is telling them about what's about to happen and that he's about to return to heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father and intercede for them, and they're confused, like, what's going on here? I don't understand. But he's saying, I don't want you to be alone. That's what he was trying to tell them. They're in this upper room, and he knows he's about to leave. After the crucifixion, he's out of here. He did, and he's like, I don't want you to be alone. So we pick up John 14. You gotta have that context, okay? Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Someone who can speak for you, through you, with you. I'm asking him to give you a comforter. And look at what his job is. The comforter's job is not to freak you out, but the Holy Spirit's job is to, read it in the scripture, it's to help you and to be with you. The spirit of truth, that pneuma, that, oh, I'm not gonna be here in bodily form, but I'm gonna send the comforter, an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. And, and then he says, the world can't accept him. Why? Because most people are only comfortable with that which they can see and understand in their own minds, and they're not open to that part of God that's meant to be felt and experienced. And so they don't understand, and they don't connect, and that's what I'm saying as we walk in and we miss it. And then he goes on to say, Jesus said, the world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You can't see him either, but, but you're gonna know he's here for he lives in you and will be in you. That breath, I'm not gonna be able to touch you and you're not gonna touch my side, but I'm gonna be in you. The Holy Spirit's gonna come and he's gonna dwell in you. You know he's here because you sense his presence. You can feel him. And honestly, that's why many of you come here every week. And that's what Skybreak Church is known for, partly uh, among its beautiful diversity and, uh, and a little snapshot of heaven is the presence of God. You know that you can come in here after a dry and thirsty week and you can let God put some wind in your sails. We call it a Skybreak moment. <laughs> Yesterday morning, Malachi and Lana were in the car with me. They were hanging out with Pops and Grammy yesterday, and we were driving, and it was raining, and it was cloudy, and I said, I asked them a very important question. I was going somewhere. I said, is the sun shining? And it was raining, and it was cloudy, and it was cold, and I wanted to see what they would say. And they, did, they paused a minute, and then Lana said, uh, yes, we just can't see it. I'm like, good answer. I just want the sun to shine. No, a sky break moment is the sun is always shining. But I realize that life can be foggy and cloudy and cold and rainy and, and it, can, it can hover, it can block the sunlight. But if you get on an airplane and you press hard enough against the wind and you worship and you seek the face of God, his spirit will lift you. The wind of God will lift you and you'll see the sun. And then Lana said, is it raining even though you're flying in an airplane? I said, it might be, you just don't know it. Because you're, you're above it. 
That's what God wants for every one of you. And that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He is the third part of the Godhead, the Father God, creator of all, Son of God, Redeemer of all, and the Holy Spirit who indwells or fills us all. He is here to help us in our daily journey. And we want it. It's not just for new believers. It's not just for new Christians, but it's for everybody to know God and to allow his presence to enter your life life in an undeniable way where every moment of every day you know God is here and he is with me. Countless times, gosh, over the years, countless times, people have come up to me and they've said, man, the presence of the Lord was strong in this place today. Now to an unbeliever that has to have Things documented and calculated and evaluated. They're like, what you? I didn't feel that. I didn't know that. That's, that's what, what do you mean? You felt it was no. But that's what he's. It's the breath of God. Well, how else are we going to say it? God was here. <sighs> Y'all okay so far? So the Holy Spirit is meant to be felt. Here's another characteristic about wind. Wind is unpredictable. (laughs) You ever been trying to rake leaves and the wind's blowing? Or we don't rake much these days. I use a blower, right? And and then the wind comes and blows it all right back over here and you're running back over. Some of you would say, well, you ought to be smart and wait till the wind stops and then go blow. I get you, but sometimes you're out there and it just happens. Or sometimes I use the wind as my helper, right? I get the direction the wind is going. And you, Come on, y'all. You with me a little bit? I was born at night, but not last night. Come on, somebody. You figured that out. And you're like, well, okay, well, just go with the wind. There's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Are you hearing what I'm not saying? Some of you, you're trying to do your own thing and I got my life and I got my decisions and I think it ought to be this way and then then, then it blows all back. And it's like God said, I just messed up all your plans because if you keep going that way, you're gonna end up where you don't wanna end up. So you gotta, you gotta figure out where the wind is blowing. Wind will shift on you. It'll blow one way and then another. And that's, that's why we have these orange uh, socks, cone things at the airport. You probably never see one, but if you're a pilot, you would see one. And it's, it's so that a, a control tower in real time can tell the pilots which way the wind's blowing so they know how to land and take off because you go into the wind, right? You gotta know so they can direct it. So the wind is constantly moving and they need real time. And a lot of us don't like that part of God that just like, oh, I want him predictable. <laughs> we like our God all tucked in and you know, and he's in, I got him right here. Yes, that's God right there. I love Jesus. There's my holy Bible. He's right there. He's on the coffee table. I even got a big holy Bible. He's right there. My God, big God, big Bible, but he's right there. I just thought of another joke. And I don't have it written down, so let's see if I can remember it. So it's the... Gosh, the punchline's awesome. I'm trying to remember the joke. So the little boy, my wife said just keep preaching. <laughs> the little boy was gonna write a letter to, to Jesus, to God, you know. He's writing a letter and he writes, Dear God, I've been a really good boy 
And he wads it up and throws it down and says, Dear God, I've been trying, working really hard to be a good, wads it up, throws it down, sets there for a minute, runs into the living room on the mantle's a little statue of Mary, grabs Mary, comes back, wraps her in a bath towel, throws her under the bed, gets his pants up, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> Pretty good, right? Okay. <laughs> We'll make sure y'all still listening. If you're online, let me know you heard that joke. We like our God predictable. Go grab it off the mantle, wrap it up, put it in the seat. But this is the part of God, that unpredictable part that messes some of you up. Because the truth is God doesn't do everything the same way every time. The reason why, listen to me, is because you'll begin to worship a system and not him. I need to say that again. Some of us have come from backgrounds, you worship a system and not him because people have had experiences and they say, oh my, the, the, the experience is holy. They, they, they had a holy encounter with God and they end up turning their experience into something sacred. That's why we have so many denominations and religions today because someone's experience with God, they base their belief on their experience and their experience only. And you can't box God into that. What he may do for you, he may do differently for somebody else. So I thought God's no respecter of persons. I'm not saying that he's not a respecter of persons, but he knows exactly what you need and he knows exactly how he needs to talk to you. And he may try to talk to you a certain way because he just wants you to make sure it's him and he wants you to know it. And he may be trying to change you, but nobody else needs that experience. In fact, in John chapter three, Jesus says it this way. And the word pneuma, wind, is actually written here. It says the wind, the spirit, the <sighs> blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it's going. So it is with everybody who's born of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit has an unpredictable nature. For example, let me give you a hard example of that. God spoke through a burning bush in the wilderness to Moses one time. Only one time, supernatural, powerful, undeniable experience. So it'd be like Moses saying, if God didn't talk to you through a burning bush, then it wasn't God. Well, then I ain't never had God talk to me. Every bush that lit on fire around me burned up. <laughs> and I didn't hear nothing, but where's the water hose? Don't let this get out of hand. But it'd be like Moses saying, if you didn't hear God speak to you, Except through a burning bush, you didn't hear from God. No, he just chose to use that one time to speak to Moses that way. You gotta be careful about tucking God into something that only your brain understands and then worshiping that system. And so I'm appealing to all of you who are part of Skybreak from all these different church backgrounds or maybe something you saw on TV or something you heard. or something. You gotta get all that laid aside and say, God, I'm open. Holy Spirit, if you're for me, speak to me. And he's gonna blow around and it's gonna be unpredictable and he's gonna talk to you in moments and times when you don't know it. The other morning it was like 1.05 a.m. God was speaking to me. I woke up and I knew it was God. And then I asked him, let me sleep tonight. Uh, talk to me in the daytime. I'll meet you at six. <laughs> I have those conversations with God. It's okay. He don't always do what I ask him. 
But there's other times driving down the road. I remember on a trip I was on recently, it was several hours of driving out. Jan was with me, but she was resting and I'm just windshield time. And man, I had an encounter with God walking through the Holy Spirit, 80, 70 miles an hour. We were <laughs> I'm a law-abiding citizen, everybody. Most of the time, it was downhill. America needs revival. But it may not come just because we get our structures and our systems and our songs in order. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, and we need it in an unpredictable way. And when he shows up in an unpredictable way, you're going to have to be willing to step aside and, and accept him and say, okay, God, if this is you, I'm in. Even if it makes me uncomfortable. Okay, I got two more characteristics of wind. Here's the third one. Wind is powerful. It can generate electricity. It can sail a ship. Wind can destroy a city. Hurricanes and tornadoes. We've all seen the powerful nature of wind. Listen to me. Many of you right now, you're going through some situations that human power cannot fix. God helps us if we relegate ourselves to only what we can fix. God help us. We cannot, we cannot, God help us to, to think, I'm gonna do this by myself. I'm gonna figure this out. If it's really sad that we distance ourselves from the power of God just because some have presented the presence of God in a way that turned us off. I implore you to get close to the person of the Holy Spirit and you'll experience the power of God like you've never known. There'll be things happen in your life that only God can do and you'll know it's God. That's why the writer Luke of the, new, of the book in the New Testament called the book of Acts, the early church history, he wrote in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I say, bring it on. I need power. I need power beyond my power. I need power beyond my, I, I need, I I'm facing some things. Listen, Janet and I, her journey, many of you know all these years as some of you, there's stuff I'm facing, there's stuff we're facing as a country, there's stuff you're facing in your marriage that human power cannot fix. And the same is true. We need the power of God. We need the presence of God to help us. We need him to do things supernaturally, to take your natural and his super and do some supernatural things in our life. And only God can do that. And you gotta let the wind, the power of the Holy Spirit be willing to work through you and be unpredictable. Not be all like, well, I, I don't know what to do with him now. It's okay. He's blowing around. Holy Spirit's looking for hearts and lives he can touch. Jesus sent him to guide us and he's looking for people who want to be guided. Charles Finney is considered to be the father of modern revivalism in America. He was a 19th century attorney and a Presbyterian minister. And in his own words, he said he was comfortable at an early part in his life of knowing God in what he called, his words, the intellectual level only. He was comfortable knowing God in the intellectual level. 
own, and, and his life, according to his own testimony, was, became very lifeless and predictable. His walk with God was very predictable. And he, he had a struggle in trying to live that way. And then he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And here's what he wrote after his encounter with the Holy Spirit. Quote, the Holy Spirit descended on me in such a manner that seemed to go through me body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love for I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God was blowing through me because that's exactly what it was and is. There are some of you here today that it is mission critical in your marriage, in your kids, with your job, with your emotions, and even with your Christianity, that you get some fresh air in those sails to lift you and propel you into all that God has for you. Wind is powerful. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. He's here right now, you tell him. You can tell, right? She's like, I can't see him, but honey, I think he's right there. Don't move. <laughs> Wind is refreshing. Refreshing. There's nothing like opening the window, as I said a while ago, and the cool breeze. It's so refreshing. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing to some of you right now. He's, he's like, wow something's lifting my life. I just feel like something's inside of me. I don't know what this is. I've never been to church and felt this before. It's, it's the part of God that's meant to be felt. The Bible says it this way, 1 Corinthians, he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. In other words, he's saying, if your eye saw it, it wouldn't believe it. And if your ear heard it, it wouldn't believe it. In fact, your mind can't even comprehend what God has prepared for, for you, those who love him. You can't even comprehend what God's prepared for you. And you're limiting God by having him in this little mindset instead of just opening all that up and saying, God, here I am. Whatever you wanna do, you do it. Fill me, guide me, and I promise you, He'll do that. He'll reveal himself to you. The scripture goes on to say that God wants to get us prepared. He wants to prepare your life and he reveals it by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's revealing himself through this message to you right now. You're like, whoa, that makes sense. So that's why I'm asking you the next three weeks to come back because, oh, it's gonna be here. Because some of you need some wind in your sails. So I'm asking you to step back and take a deep breath and welcome everything the Holy Spirit has for you. Let him into your life. Now here's some Bible instructions for you. Some of you are gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit today. You're gonna, 
You're going to walk out of here. You're going to drive home. You're going to go home. You're going to be like, whoa, whoa. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve God and don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit is moving and breathing in you. And it's the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. So I know the Father and I know Jesus. And I, I can tuck all that. I got all that. Ooh, but this wind. It's the intimate part of God that's meant to be here. And what Paul is saying to the church is the Holy Spirit wants to be so close to you. You say, well, how do I do that? How can I have that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit? You got to let go of your fears and your misperceptions. Just, you say, well, I can't do that. My brain, I get it. Check that out. Check this in. Many of us have these misperceptions as it relates to God and especially the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask you to, you to do what Proverbs 3 verse 5 says says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. I want you to say those first two words with everybody say, trust God. Will you say it, ready? That's what I'm asking you to do today. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Secondly, you gotta go all in. Not just with the Holy Spirit, but everything. Go all in. It's puzzling to me that some try to, you know, check things out. Like, I'm going to give Jesus my life, but I'm only going to come to church, you know, every third or fourth Sunday. And I, I, may, I might get in a small group, but I'm just, I don't, you know, the church is kind of a neat thing. And, you know, and, it, and you try to fit Jesus in when, I, when you can. It doesn't work that way. It won't work that way. You'll never find the best God has for you going in halfway. Honestly, I don't even understand. When I decided to surrender my life to, look, when I, when I, when I met Janet, there ain't no way she's going to say, okay, honey, you give me 364 days and I'll give you one day to do whatever you want. Uh-uh, no way, heck no. It was all in or nothing. And I'm just trying to wonder why you'd have a relationship with God halfway in. Some of you are on your way to heaven and you're not happy. And I'm telling you why. Because you're not full of the Holy Spirit. And so I honestly don't understand trying to live for Jesus without being 100%. When, when I decided to surrender my life to God, I meant it 100%. There, there was no way I was going to live halfway, and I've never regretted it. When they said get in a small group, I did. When they said it'd be good to serve, I did. And my life's never been more fulfilled. I've served, I've lived, I gave my life to Jesus when I was nine years old. Man, I was a sinner. Listen, you'll never know how full your life could be until you go all in and let fill you in fact Jeremiah says you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart go through growth track get in a group get involved let Jesus in can I pray for you right now because some of you you're right there you're like oh I sense I feel I need that wind you're talking about pastor I wow I need some power because I can't fix this. So God, I'm willing to let, hmm, 
I'm willing to let things be unpredictable because I trust you. I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to sing this song right now. We're going to sing this. And I want you just to remain still, remain calm right where you're at. But I want you to let the Holy Spirit keep talking to you. Come on, listen to this. And let this be your prayer. Let this be your time with God. right now with your spirit 
I pray everyone who has not received you, Holy Spirit, would say, here am I, all in. I trust you, fill me, Jesus. Fill me with your presence. Help me to turn my complete life over to you, to surrender to the will of the Holy Spirit. Father, I need your power in my life. Jesus, you sent the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to guide me, to teach me. I want it. I want to receive it. I'm open to it. Come into my heart right now. Holy Spirit, have your way 100% in Jesus' name. God, if you have it for me and I need it, I receive it right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare over you, just as they did in the scripture, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. While Peter was preaching in one service, while he was preaching the Word of God, like I've been doing here the last few minutes, people began to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they heard them speak in a language those people didn't know. We're going to talk more about that. Don't miss the next couple of Sundays. But right now, you just need to say, here I am, Jesus. Fill me. I surrender to you. I don't want to put you in a little box and keep you separated or in my little world and keep you controlled. I'm out of control. I need you in control of my life. Jesus, I need your power. I need your spirit. Be filled. I'm asking you to close your eyes right now and just open your heart and say, Lord, I receive it. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive you, Holy Spirit. Take control of my life. Take control of my mind, my family, my job, my heart, my money, my everything about me, my world. Jesus, I need you to guide me and I need you to teach me. I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender to you, Holy Spirit. Praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come in to that intimate part of me and be that intimate friend that you want to be with me. Thank you, Jesus. Ever head bowed and eyes closed for a moment right where you are being very still? If you have never invited Jesus into your life as Savior, the Bible says we're born in sin. Adam and Eve started the whole thing. But Jesus came and he died as a human sacrifice to pay for my sin and your sin, to redeem us so that we can have access to God and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, if you'll just invite me in, repent. Turn around, welcome me, confess me to be Lord of your life. You can be saved. If that's you right now, heads bowed, wherever you're watching from in this room, I'd like to ask you to pray a prayer with me. If you want to invite Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord and you want to go to heaven, I want you to pray this prayer wherever you're from, wherever you're watching this message. But those of you in this room right now, I want to know who I'm praying for. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. I want to make sure. Would you pray with me? I want to pray that prayer today. Would you lift up your hand so I know who I'm praying with right now? 
Heads are bowed. Just lift your hands. I want to go to heaven. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Just lift that hand right wherever you are, right where you're at. Just lift it high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lift your hand. I want to know I'm ready to go to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Pray with me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wherever you're watching from, let us know that you're praying with us. You can put those hands down. Let's pray together. Everybody, repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take away my past. I accept you as the Lord and leader of my life from this day forward. And I'll do my best to honor you, to follow you, and to serve you. I surrender all. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come on, say that, everybody. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, make a joyful noise for everybody who prayed that prayer. Come on, everybody. Welcome them to the family of God.